Thank you for listening to the Grace Harvest Church podcast. For more information, go to graceharvestchurch.org. Well, my name is uh, Pastor Noah, and uh, I get this beautiful opportunity to be able to share this message this morning. Um, so I'm just so encouraged just by how the Lord is this moving. Just people being touched and lives being changed. Um, it is so, so encouraging. Um, this is my fish. Um, it's, uh, it's my emotional support animal. The one on the left is. Um, the one on the right, that's his emotional support animal. It's all three of us. We're just supporting each other up here. Last week, Pastor Doug started a series called The Prophetic Voice. Um, and it is in preparation of a prophetic conference we have coming up May 5 through 7. And I am excited because um, the Lord wants to speak to us. And our hope is throughout this series for last week, this week, and next week, is to kind of prepare the way for the prophetic. But I'd like to say something about that. It's preparing the way for the Lord to speak during this particular time at this conference, but it's not exclusive to that. I'd like to teach out of something that would be that we prepare the way for the Lord to speak all the time when we gather. To set expectation and to bring clarity and to build faith into what the Lord is going to do. The main point um, says this, God delights in revealing himself to his people. His name, Yahweh, means the revealed self-existent God. He loves to manifest his presence in voice and reveals his mind toward his people. Throughout the scripture, we see that God manifested himself when his people prepared a way for him according to the patterns that he revealed in scripture. The Lord wants to reveal his glory to us as we prepare a prophetic atmosphere for his presence and voice to come. Amen? Isaiah 40, 3 through 5. You want to put that on the screen for me? It says this, A voice cries in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. Then even ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. It is in God's nature for him to communicate. If you look in your Bible and look all the way back at Genesis, the opening line is God communicating something to bring creation into existence. Maybe you've heard the line, let there be light. God's first words out, and it brought out an expanse of light. We see him continue to speak, and out of the words that God has spoken, things were created, things were separated, and things were established here on earth. Because it is in, in God's very nature for him to communicate. In the same way, 
We see that in John, we see that Jesus is described as not only communicating, but he himself is called the word made flesh because it is in his nature to communicate. John 1, it says this, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. It is in his nature to communicate. God has always spoken to his people through either a direct line of communication where he directly speaks to them or he uses prophets and prophecy to speak to his people. Now, let's look at a little Old Testament. Old Testament, a direct line. We see a person like Abraham who was a pagan at the time and also he was a nomad. And it says that in scripture in Genesis, it says that God directly spoke to him while he was up underneath the stars looking up and the Lord spoke to him directly. We also see the Lord using, so we have a direct line, we also see the Lord using people to speak to the people of Israel. And that's where you get books like the minor and the major prophets, book like Malachi or Zechariah or Jeremiah or Ezekiel. All those books illustrate a prophet being used by God and then that prophet speaking the word of the Lord to the people. We also see the Lord being used in prophecy in the prophetic voice in the Old Testament and then also in the New Testament. An easy example is, remember in John 4, Jesus encounters the woman at the well. One of the things that she said when she went back into town is, he told me everything I ever did. Come and see. She too in that moment had an encounter with God in the prophetic nature of who he is. Because it is in God's nature for him to communicate. If God is speaking in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, I would say that he is still speaking today. Through direct communication to you, where he's directly talking to you, and still using people, prophets, and prophecy to speak to you. My life personally has been very changed and altered by the prophetic. I think when I look back on my own faith journey, I can imagine many moments in my life that would have been drastically different if it wasn't the prophetic voice of God in my life. One instance stands out amongst the rest. When I was a young kid, um, I ended up going to a lot of summer camps. Any summer camp people in here? Uh, Christian summer camps. Um, was always amazing. I always had a great time. And I remember one year particularly, I brought my guitar. And I brought my guitar for one reason and one reason only, to get a camp girlfriend. You laugh, but if you've been at a Christian summer camp, you know. <laughs> it didn't work out. <laughs> I ended up just playing my guitar by myself like a weirdo. <laughs> but at that camp, it's pretty standard for like games and all that stuff. And then they had services where there was always worship and then someone would preach. Really common. In one of the evening sessions, 
I don't remember the worship songs that were sang, and I don't remember even the message that was given. But I was standing in the back, and I was just kind of like, yeah, this is cool, this is good, I know this. And a man got up, who I don't know who he is, got up, and he said this line. He said, there are future pastors in this room. And immediately, from that word that he felt the Lord speak to him prophetically, I felt something in me for the very first time. And the Lord goes, that's you. And then he invited people to come forward, those people who felt that they were future pastors. So I didn't go. <laughs> My journey with the Lord is usually like kicking and screaming. But what happened was I, I saw a, like maybe two or three people go forward, and I was like, I ain't doing that. And then a person next to me, a man, that's all I remember, nudged me. And he goes, I think that's for you. Guess he was right. Throughout my years, many words have directed and shaped my life in the prophetic. The Lord has and does continue to speak to me in prophetic ways. And he wants to speak to you as well. I'm not special. I am not unique. I'm just another Christian. And as the Lord has spoke to me and has shaped my life, he wishes and desires to speak to you as well. And it's really because he loves you. It's really simple. Because he loves you, he has a plan for you, and he wants you to walk in the calling, the very unique calling that you have. With prophecy... We see it being used specifically for two things in Scripture. One, prophecy is used for an impartation of another spiritual gift. And then the other use is for God to give direction. So that in, in that is kind of insight, correction, or wisdom. 1 Timothy 4.14. Let's have that up on the screen. It says this, do not neglect the gift you have which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Next one. Okay. God's desire is to impart a spiritual gifting to you. Paul speaks of these gifts in Romans. So in Romans 12, 6 through 8, it says this. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does act of mercy with cheerfulness. These are gifts from God that he wishes to give to you. And what's beautiful about these gifts is they will fit just right. Just like your calling and even destiny in Jesus is very, very unique to, to you. I can't walk out your calling and I can't walk out your giftings either. Both those things fit just right. In the gift that the Lord wants to give you and maybe even has given you, 
it fits just right. It's like that perfect Christmas gift or the perfect birthday gift. It's because Jesus knows you. And these gifts will do something really, really important in your life. They'll help you walk out your calling in who you were designed and destined to be. The truest form of who you are as an individual, as a person, is who you are in Jesus. Sin gets in the way, but good news, Jesus makes a way time and time again. Amen? Now let's talk about this impartation of spiritual gifts, how that looks. The method of impartation. 2 Timothy 1, 6-7 says this, For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gifts of God. Paul's using this language, or sorry, Timothy's using this language because it's something that is maybe small in you or maybe a coal or a small flame. And he's saying, grow that. Grow that gifting and fan it into a flame. Fan it into the fullness. Don't let it be small, but let it be the fullness of your calling. For this, or sorry, then, oh yeah, in which you, which in you through the laying on of my hands, and the next slide, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Laying on hands to impart God's gift to you. That's why here at the church, when you would see people come up on a Sunday, what we read in scripture, we try to practice We just don't think it's, oh, that sounds nice in Scripture. It's like, no, when we read in Scripture, when you pray for people, you lay your hands on them. That's why when you come forward and get prayer, you're going to have one of the prayer team people lay their hand on their shoulder. It's because we believe in this impartation. Oftentimes, I think that we separate too much the physical and the spiritual. We're like, how can this physical little thing of like laying your hand on your shoulder do something spiritual? You should raise your hands there and worship. <laughs> Change your life. <laughs> You're like, how can this be so powerful and spiritual when I raise my hands? It's because you're a lot more interconnected than you think. And it's what we read in scripture to do. Laying on the hands can do a few things when we're talking about prophecy. And even when we're praying for people. The laying on the hands imparts authority. It can denote placement into position. It can impart strength or consecration. It can can denote being set into ministry. The other use or purpose of prophecy is for God to give you a direct message. Prophecy is a message from God to, to you to give you direction, insight, correction, ouch, or wisdom to encourage you or to adjust you. Can you put that picture up? Here at the church, we have a lot of opportunities, um, not just here to do ministry in Moses Lake, but around the world. Um, Even currently, right now, we have Pastor Raul in South Africa. Um, We're involved with the Smile Village and some missionaries over there, and so he's going to be there for a few weeks. Um, We also are a part of another organization um, over in the Philippines where they have a children's home, an orphanage. 
and we've been supporting pastors in that children's home for around 30 years. Um, if you have an opportunity to go on a mission trip, go for it. It'll change your life. This picture is taken from one of those trips. Um, I was in the Philippines, and I believe this was my first trip in the Philippines. And I went with Pastor Raul. And while you're there, um, you end up doing a lot of preaching and a lot of speaking. And so one Sunday, we got up. I loaded up with a pastor who was kind of taking us around the Philippines and Pastor Raul. We got in his car really, really in the morning, and we begin to head into the mountainous jungle area of the Philippines. And it gets more and more rural, and I'm like, hey, so uh, what's the game plan? They're like, you're going to preach by yourself at a church. And I'm like, all right, love to. <laughs> so we keep driving, driving, and then all of a sudden... The pastor stops, and he goes, okay, right here on the side of the road. And I go, ooh, did you know there's not a church here? <laughs> and he looks, and he's just like, actually, no, I just want you to get out and wait with your backpack. Wait on the side of the road in the middle of the Philippines, in rural Philippines, in the jungle, okay? I'm not just saying that. <laughs> it's jungle, jungle. And just wait, and Pastor George is going to come by in his flatbed pickup and pick you up. I looked at him, and I was like, how will you know if it's me? <laughs> he looks at me, he's like, I don't think he'll miss you, man. <laughs> I'm like a foot and a half taller than everyone in the country. And I'm white. So I wait. I wait on the side of the road for some time and and then finally, just like he said, Pastor George comes, comes up the road in his flatbed pickup. He jumps out very warmly and hugs me. And he's like, man, I'm so excited for you to preach at the church. I'm like, yeah, let's go. And he's like, by the way, uh, we're, we're going to pick up everybody. We're going to pick up the congregation. In this truck? Yeah. Get in. So I get in the flat, this back of this truck, and we drive. And for the next hour or so, we're just picking up the whole entire church. <laughs> Men, women, children, none of them speak English, and we're just driving on our way to church, taking stops, loading people up. And we load up this flatbed pickup. And then, where I thought it was rural, it got more rural. Where I thought it was in the jungle, I wasn't in the jungle yet. And it got more and more rural, and we got in a dirt road and just drove straight in. No houses, no electricity. And we go deeper, and then he just stops, just the end of the road. And I'm like, hey, George, question, where's the church? <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, it's easy. Uh, yeah, and everyone starts filing out. He's like, it's about 30 minutes that way, into the jungle, by foot. And I was like, love to. Here we go. So we start walking. I'll never really forget that walk there. Um, because one, it was beautiful, truly. And two, me and Pastor George started talking. And it is weird when you go to a place like the Philippines. Um, they really think because you're American and whatnot that you really have it together as a pastor. I quickly realized that um, he was the real pastor. I was just some amateur in the jungle 
And in that moment when I was walking with George and hearing him talk about his church and ministry and miracles and all these things, I was like, oh, I need to glean from this. We walked, we got to the church, and that's kind of the, <clears throat> the side of the church with me and George. And um, around the corner, we had women that were cooking whole fried fish and cooking rice, and they're going to do a meal after the service. And so we did the service, and it's pretty, pretty traditional where there is just like worship of some time with an acoustic guitar and stuff, and then there was going to be preaching afterwards. So we did worship, and then uh, Pastor George meets with me, and he's just like, okay, hey, um, yeah, how about you get up there and start preaching? And usually what happens when you're preaching in the Philippines or uh, other nations is you preach with a translator at the same time. Pastor George wanted to do something different, which I don't recommend. He wanted me to preach the whole message for him to get a gist, and then he was going to get up and translate afterwards. Problem is, none of them spoke English. <laughs> and so I get up there and I just start preaching, and tw 20, 30 minutes go in, and half the church is asleep because they can't understand me. <laughs> I keep, and while I'm preaching, I see a man on the right hand side, and I see him, and I feel the Lord speak to me in the middle when I'm preaching. And the Lord says this that man's wife had just died. I love him, and I see him in his sorrow. So naturally, I didn't do that. <laughs> Kicking and screaming, remember? So I continue to preach on, and that sense, that prophetic sense in me continues to grow. And I'm like, Lord, I don't, what if I'm wrong? This is crazy. And so finally, I just stop when I'm preaching. Half the church was asleep anyway, so. And I said, hey, Pastor George, can you come up here? And he came up here, and I was like, I just want you to translate really quick for me. Pointed at the guy, said, hey, your wife died. The Lord loves you and sees you and sees you in your sorrow. He starts crying because his wife had died last week. Most of the church wasn't asleep then because the supernatural had just taken place. It reminds me so much of even passages in scripture where they tasted and see that the Lord was good. Or when Jesus would do a miracle and they would be like, they saw and then they believed. What it did in that moment, that one prophetic word, man, faith rose. The spirit of God began to move in the church. And what was a service where people were falling asleep? Man, we got to praying. <laughs> the Holy Spirit was moving in the lives of people. I'll never forget, I'll never forget that. Talk with Pastor George for some time after and ate fish and rice and, and they changed me. Now the question is this, um, how do we as Christians set an atmosphere for the Lord to move in the prophetic? Because when we look in scripture, there are ways and methods that the Lord has laid out. Where he's like, you want to hear my voice? Here's the atmosphere to be set. Growing up, I was uh, really into fish tanks. Uh, <laughs> and man, don't even get me started about aquariums, man. <laughs> love aquariums. Love nature docks. I love all that. And growing up, um, I had this big 50-gallon fish tank in my room. Um, 
smelt weird, as fish tanks do. And I just would always buy new fish. And if you know anything about fish tanks, which I doubt you do, <laughs> is when you buy a new fish, you actually have to prep the water before you just dump the fish in. So prepping the water looks a, a few different ways. You have to make sure like your pH is the right, at the right level. You have to make sure, sometimes you have to add chemicals or stuff like that. You have to make sure it's the right temperature. You have to do all these things. And you truly have to set the atmosphere for that fish that you brought from the store, brought from one area to another, and put into the fish tank. You have to set the atmosphere for that fish to survive. You have to set the atmosphere for that fish to thrive. And there is a way and a method that you have to follow these things for it to be successful. You have to prepare the way for this little fishy. And in this scenario, you're the little fishy. <laughs> We're the little fishy. My hope is, just like that really janky illustration, um, my hope is that we can begin to do things that we see in Scripture so we can set the atmosphere for the Lord to move. Because when the Lord speaks to you, I want the Lord to speak to you in a powerful way and for you to thrive. I really hope this fish doesn't die. It would really kill that, the illustration, you know? <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Second Kings 3, 15 through 16. So it says, but now bring me a musician. And when the musician played, the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, thus says the Lord, I will make this dry stream bed full of pools. The Spirit of God begin to move. What is a prophetic atmosphere, you'd ask? What is it and how do we set it? A prophetic atmosphere is one of praise and worship to God. In this atmosphere and praise and worship, it is very easy to tune into the God's voice and prophecy. That atmosphere includes expression and creativity. Why we have all these musicians. This atmosphere does one thing, is it allows the Holy Spirit to move. Could I get a piano on stage, Emily or Rachel? I'm going to go through 10 points on how to set the atmosphere for the prophetic and for the Lord to move. Number one, come in a spirit and attitude of unity. In Acts 2, I love this, it says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Number two, come in a spirit and attitude of participation. What we do, we do together. Remember, even just some, something as simple as this, physical participation. The Lord uses that. You may see it as a simple physical thing. No, it's spiritual. Have faith in, ex, in expectancy, number three. Can't stress this one enough. Mark 2, 
It says that seeing how much faith they had, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my son, your sins are forgiven. Throughout the entirety of Scripture in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, faith does something and moves God. It does. And so I would even encourage you in this moment and for the moments to come at a church service and even this prophetic conference that's coming, for you to begin to stir up faith that the Lord will speak to you. Like, Lord, I want, the, I want you to speak to me. And you're like, I don't even know if I have enough faith. It says in Scripture, you can share faith. I believe. I have faith for you that the Lord will speak to you in a powerful way. That he'll speak to you in such a way that it will shape and alter your life. Number four, fast and pray. Fast and pray. Fasting can look a few different ways. Um, traditionally, it's with food, but the point of a fast is to remove something so you can fill it with time with Jesus. So a lot of times, fasting from social media or from screens or for what have you, or from food, when you remove that thing, the intention in fasting is that you would feel it with an encounter with God, that you would read your Bible, that you would pray, that you would fill it in, an in, in kind of a direction that you want the Lord to speak to you. Number five, praise and worship and giving thanksgiving unto God will prepare our hearts to receive him. Remember in scripture, it talks about God inhabits the praises of his people. Number six. Come with a spirit and attitude that rejoices with others when they receive ministry. First Corinthians. If one member suffers, we all suffer. <laughs> if one member is honored, we all rejoice together. One of the greatest things for me and I think for many believers in this room, when you see someone else get a prophetic word <laughs> or see someone really get ministered to, when you're a Christian, you're just like, yes, Lord. I always think, get him, Jesus. <laughs> That's what I always think in my head. I'm like, got him. So when you're coming into this atmosphere of prophecy, when, you, when it happens to someone else, I would encourage you, you rejoice with them because the Lord is moving and speaking into their life. Number seven, have a spirit and attitude of humility toward God. This is a holy time and God gives grace to the humble. On the opposite end of this, um, it says in scripture that God resists the proud. Think about that a lot. You don't get that too many times in scripture where God is like actively resisting something. And it says that he's resist the proud. So on the opposite end of that, coming humbly is very, very important. To humble yourself and have that attitude and that spirit of humility. Number eight, be obedient to whatever God may require of you ahead of time and after he speaks to you. When I first received the first initial calling when I was at that summer camp, I didn't know how much it would require of me to fulfill even what the Lord has called upon my life and the calling. I'm just walking out my calling. I didn't know how much it would require of me and how much obedience it would take and how many things I had to kill in my own life and how many times I had to step out in faith 
and much like you, when the Lord speaks to you, all those things will apply to you too. In my mind, when I, when I hear prophecy go out, it's not just a guaranteed thing, but it's more a path that opens up for you to be able to take. A path that you have to walk and you have to leave things, let things go and leave things behind. And you have to step and walk in faith on that new path. Number nine, come with an open spirit to, to have adjustment or correction if that is what the Lord does. Somebody say, ouch. <laughs> There's been many times where the Lord has corrected me or another brother or sister in Christ. And it is by the grace of God that it happened. Here's a phrase from Pastor Doug. I like this one. He does these all the time. It says, correction is not rejection, but direction and protection. <laughs> it's the most Pastor Doug thing I've heard. <laughs> and finally, number 10, come with a heart of thanksgiving and praise for what God says and done. Thankfulness, thanking God beforehand. And I'm thanking God that he's going to speak to you because I know. And then afterwards, you're like, thank you, Lord, for speaking to me. I'd encourage you to come with a desire to see God lifted up and glorified. Remember that the gift of prophecy is Jesus, the prophet, speaking to his church for the purpose of directing us, encouraging us, and helping us fulfill our destiny and calling in him. Do you want to stand with me? With all of this, I'd like to encourage you, remember that Jesus is speaking all the time. That most prophetic words that have shaped my life didn't happen at a prophetic conference. Because the Lord is always speaking. It is for us to move and set the atmosphere for the Lord to speak. That is for us to do. And so my encouragement to you is this. Seek the voice of God and set the atmosphere. Here on a Sunday, but also in your quiet time with the Lord. As you pray, as you worship, as you read the Bible, seek his voice. And you'll, and I think about even what it says in scripture, draw close to him and he'll draw close to you. The Lord wants to speak to you. With that, I'm also very, very excited that we are setting this special time aside for the Lord to speak to us at the conference. May 5th through 7th, it's going to be a great and awesome time. Can we put up that verse from Isaiah 40? Thank God for the media team. Amen. <laughs> it says this, A voice cries in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. In my translation, it says something very different at the end, which is really good. A little tagline. 
says the Lord himself has promised this. Because the Lord loves you and the Lord wants to speak for you. And I believe that he will.